It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This, way too loud, this is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach Blackerby and Michael Papp is a VSBN 106.7. Michael, hello. Hey. What was that? Dude, I'm just pumped, man. What are you pumped about? It's a beautiful day. It's a Tuesday. Got a lot going on. We're going to hear from Gus Malzahn later today and hopefully some players also. So, uh, you know, it's just a beautiful day to be alive. I love that, man. You've got me fired up. You have me fired up. Painter Sharples will join us in a few minutes. He's finishing up something uh, studio-related in the other studio. But, you know, I, I'm you and I were kind of talking about it b- beforehand in our production meeting, if you will, mm. about kind of a, a dull week. I mean, Auburn beat Tulane by about as much as Vegas expected them to. And then after that, it's like, okay, now you got to play Kent State. And really the main storyline going into this game is, okay, Auburn needs to win by 30-ish. It's kind of the yep. unanimous number that everybody's throwing out there. Vegas threw out 35 and a half, I think, is, is, is the last one I saw. So That's a lot. It's a lot of points, but Auburn's a lot better than this team, or at least they should be. That's five touchdowns for all you math whizzes out there. Says the engineer in the room. It's almost 12 field goals, so... How many safeties? The bookstore better uh, get that leg warmed up. That's right. That's right. Start stretching that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's the main storyline going into it. And, like, you had the Woody Barrett thing, but it was brought to our attention on Twitter yesterday. By a big Kent State fan, I guess. I guess so. But he's been benched. Woody Barrett's not even going to be the starter. So that's kind of uh I don't know. That kind of puts a damper yep. on any kind of storyline that we wanted. Shout out to uh, Jordan Powell at... S-M-U-P-H-Y, S-Muffy, for uh, bringing it to our attention that Woody Barrett got benched on Saturday. Yeah, because I did not know that. And, you know, normally that kind of stuff you see on Twitter, that kind of stuff you see on message boards, but there's really not a whole lot of talk about that. So I believe him, but that's just kind of... uh, Based on nothing more than that he's a listener of the show. (laughs) Why would he lie about that? Why would would Jordan Powell make that up? No, it's just funny. I did this. I, I believe him also, but it's like... Well, like, oh, we had no idea. And then this one guy reached out on Twitter, and we're both like, oh, guess he got benched. All right, guess it's another quarterback. But, I mean, so, I mean, going into it, like, there's just not a whole lot there. Did you see Texas A&M's starting running back is out for the season? Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, so obviously that will have an impact to some degree on Auburn's game next weekend, which mm-hmm. we have a kickoff for, and you're pumped about I'm it. I'm pumped. All right, so I, it's it's, it's uh, the CBS game, the 2.30 game. Tell people why you're pumped about it. I literally threw my hands up in the air in Zach's office during you almost, our production You almost hit the ceiling. When he told me this. Uh, Kyle Field at night is one of the toughest places to win in the country. And just the fact that the game is not at night makes a huge difference. 
really playing, I think, in most stadiums, but especially at Kyle Field. It's just like something about it. With the student section, it gets rocking. They can fit, what, 110,000 people in there. I mean, it's it's wild at night. And just the mere fact that it's during the day, I think, gives Auburn a much better chance to win. You love Texas so much. I do, but I, I don't even think this is a Texas thing because I don't think that DKR in Austin is a really tough place to play. I don't think TCU is a tough place to play. You know, Texas Tech, Baylor, like it's just Kyle Field. At pa- night. Panner Sharps of ESPN 106.7 is now joining us. He is uh, he has entered the studio. And, Painter, you enter hearing the conversation, Michael talking about Texas. Are you surprised at all? Can't say I'm surprised if you guys are, or are y'all talking about the no air conditioning claim that Ed Orgeron has uh, leveled against the Texas Longhorns. No, what's up with that? Quite juicy. Um, so, Whoa. I love that, that chair. Was the chair. I love that chair so much. So at first I thought you went, meh, and then I thought you farted. So I was like, whoa, that was a hard pivot, and neither of those things happened. Uh, Ed Orgeron said that he got, was in touch with Louisiana Tech, who had played Texas, and that they said uh, they didn't have air conditioning, and so LSU brought some fans, some coolers or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, he also went on to say, I think it had more to do with us playing you know, 93 snaps against a really physical team, and was kind of... I think pointing out that they didn't have air conditioning, but also trying to say it was really hot that day. It was 98 degrees. There was some hum- humidity in the air. And sure. Texas, of course, uh, the athletic director, uh, not long after, sent out a, a written statement and said, so we, we haven't heard any complaints from either the schools about that, and the air conditioning is fine. So it will be curious. I, I will be curious to see what happens in the next 24 hours if this one sort of fades or if it kind of if there's a little back and forth here. Because I, I, I don't think Ed Orgeron would lie about that. How do you think Ed Orgeron says air conditioner? Air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed that. I think you nailed that, Painter. Now, but before you came in, Painter, we were talking about how this is kind of a dull week despite it being early in the football season because Auburn's coming off a team that they should have beaten by a certain amount, depending on who you ask in the Auburn fan base. And then going into Kent State, there's just not a whole lot of electricity around town right now. Yeah, both from a broader perspective. I don't think there's a ranked matchup this weekend. Now, sometimes that turns out that you get some upsets that you didn't expect. But in terms of Auburn, yeah, it does feel a little flat because you had the huge win against Oregon where it kind of felt like they didn't deserve to win it. But the defense played lights out, especially in the second half. And the offense did enough to to get the win. And then I think people hoped that Bo Nix would be a little bit more crisp against Tulane. But we've talked about this, Zach. I think there are some NFL prospects. I don't think. I'm pretty confident there are. NFL prospects on that Tulane team. And so I I have friends who are saying, look, it doesn't matter. Auburn out recruits them. They're not even in the same stratosphere. Uh, I think that you have to remember that they have a freshman quarterback who just played his second game ever. I think the interior of the offensive line is still struggling. Um, And quite frankly, all offseason, we heard about just how much better the offensive line has gotten. And so far, I haven't seen much of that. Maybe you guys disagree. I'm certainly not going to label myself as an offensive line expert, but I do think the interior of the offensive line thus far has left um, the Auburn offense wanting more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's promo code KICKOFF in the Vivid Seats app to get any tickets to your favorite live event. That's kickoff at checkout. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, 
And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Painter, you made, a, you made a comment. Yes. I was just going to say, Painter, I completely agree with yeah, I do too. everything you just said. Like, especially the last bit there about the offensive line. They certainly do not look better. Um, they, they are definitely still struggling. But how good does that Oregon win look now? It looks good. What, after their, their game? After Oregon comes out and just absolutely beats the snot out of Nevada, 77-7 right. or whatever it was. I mean, just I mean, I think Auburn could have a top five defense, and it's more likely that I think that they will end up being on the field a lot. Like last year, they will end up with a top ten defense this year, and it may be one of the best they've ever had. I don't want to like throw that out too early because we've watched all of two games. Oh, it totally could be. But when you look at how much NFL talent could be on it yeah. and how well they've played thus far, uh, you're right that Oregon win, at least after one week, aged nicely. I mean, the, the issue is, is the offensive line. I agree with you, Painter, and then – Michael and I have varying opinions on Booby Whitlow. Carl Von Drunker, which I hope is his real name, tweets at me. Um, after two rewatches of the Tulane game, which props to you for sitting through that, man. My take is the Auburn O-line just isn't nasty. I don't think there's any dog in them. Kim especially. If they could add just a bit of mean, they'd be better. And, you know, you, you see that with all these offensive lines, just that scrappiness, that mm-hmm. that mean streak in them. You know, like, like he Grit. says. Grit. Yeah, Sure. Sure, brings his lunch pail to work, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, but you know, I, I don't think you see that in the interior offensive line. Uh, I, I agree with him, and I think that's really why they have a hard time moving guys in the running game. I think they've done okay in the passing game. I know some people are more critical on them, of them than I am, but I think some of that's a bow. I think some of that's just the ball needs to be out quicker, and it's just mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a true freshman. I don't think it's. Anything unexpected. He but. did miss some throws that surprised me against Tulane. Really? I was like, like I'm, you know, I get it because he, he probably is just still adjusting, but I, I mean, I think he's going to be a really good passer. And there were just some throws that I was like, oh, that just wasn't a great throw. Yeah, the, the Hastings play at the end of the first half comes to mind. Um, and when for the record, he's allowed to like have some mistakes as a young quarterback. You knew that was going to be like. Also, he's going to turn the ball over some more. People should be ready for that. Yeah, I think he's going to continue to miss throws at times, and I think he's going to force some things. I mean, NFL quarterbacks, the best of the best, overthrow deep throws sometimes. I mean, it just kind of happens. And you'd rather overthrow than underthrow it mm-hmm. in that situation. So yeah, uh, you know, you, you can tell he's being timid with taking care of the football. I mean, especially against Tulane. And I'm sure they drilled that into his head all, you know, after, like, watching those two throws against Oregon is just take care of the football, take care of the football. And, and I, I think at times I'd rather the true freshman be conservative and safe with it than just kind of going in there and thinking you can make every throw. I'm with you. I think you'd rather him not turn the ball over and miss than to try to force it, which, I, again, I think he's – I mean, we, that was one thing we heard about his fall camp was that – whether it was the speed of the game, whether it was him trying to make a play. And I think you saw that in Oregon with one of those interceptions. There were two of them, mm-hmm. but there was one that I think you could really look at. Was He, he really Going just – Seth. Yeah, he just yeah. wanted to make a play and right. might have been better to see another down. Michael, you had a segment idea. You still want to do that? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, I was what thinking was we could do uh, some winners and losers from, from Auburn or some related teams. Uh 
from from this weekend, like we've been saying, a little bit of a slower news. From week. the Auburn Tulane game? Thought this could be a, a nice little segment for us here on Tuesdays. All right. I got one on offense and one on defense. Okay. Spencer Nye, the, the, the Swiss Army Nye, if you will. I think he continues to do a good job. Uh, Hammer. His, his nickname is Hammer. Which one do you like better, Painter? You like Hammer or the, the Swiss Army Nye? I love uh, play on words. Um, like the hammer is, is a legitimately just good one because he's just a, a dude. Now, know? now Michael was quick to correct me. It's not the hammer, right? It's, it's hammer. It's oh, hammer. hammer. And Gus called him hammer. It is not a Zach nickname. It's a it's a team nickname. Yeah, but I, I Painter think... likes wordplay, and so in Same. my personal record book, what was the one I'm yes. vetoing Gus Malzahn, Oof. and I'm going with Zach. Let's what was go. the one that uh, yes. you were tweeted the other day after Swiss Army Knife fell flat? Uh, I think it was like uh, Spencer Nye, the blocker guy, or Spencer Nye, the yeah. football guy. I've gotten both of those. We need a drop for that that has somebody singing it. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> but anyway, so he, he is my winner on offense. I think he continues to do a good job doing the dirty work. And then on defense, I'll go with Tyron Truesdale. He got the start at, uh, at, at the defensive tackle spot because Nick Coe did not start on the defensive front this week. And, uh, yeah, so I'll go with that. Marlon Davidson for me, and that's not like shocking as he won SEC Defensive Player of the Week and had I think probably his best game since like his freshman year. Sure. Um, so I know that that's, best game since his freshman year, huh? I think you can make that argument. Okay. I think he really had an excellent game. Um, it's the first time I've really seen him take over and you know actually be like an issue throughout the game for the opposing offensive line. So okay, I'm cool with it. I mean, imagine if if Derek Brown just continues to do what he's doing consistently, which is bully pretty much everybody I, right. I think you can count on that so long as he's healthy mm-hmm. and then marlon davidson has more games like that and nick co puts it together if the, i i don't like that's there's nothing an offensive line can do about that at that point yeah and then if, if tyrone truesdale and other players are going to contribute i it, it kind of goes back to my point i think that they really have the capability of being a top five defense if they're not on the field too much offensively this one's more of a feel-good thing, but Will Hastings, love the little guy, got himself a score. I think he had, what, seven catches? Or was it five catches? Either way, he had, he had, about, a good he had day, about 75 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of mine, kind of easy to, to see why those were. Oh, that's fine. Uh, for me on defense, it's the whole defensive line. So I'm going to go with Rodney Gardner. I mean, hmm. he's got to be the big winner right now. The defense. Wow, look at you thinking outside the playing field. I like field. that. Okay. The, the defensive line looks absolutely dominant. From top to bottom, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. There was a guy that whose name I'd never heard before who was in there on first down making a play. So I think he's got to be up there. And then offensively, um, I, I think you got to go with the guys coming back from injuries, uh, Eli Stove and Will Hastings. I mean, both of them have – Another good performance against Tulane. They've been your two most reliable offensive players through two weeks, maybe outside of Booby Whitlow. Um, th- those are my winners of the weekend. And he had five catches. I said seven initially, but five for 75 and a touchdown. He had a good game. Yeah, for sure. And I like the Rodney Garner point. I think mm-hmm. a, a good point about, I mean, if the defensive line plays like that consistently, even if the offense struggles, they will be in most games in the second half. Do you want to do losers now? Mm-hmm. I am right. a loser. <laughs> Zach Blackerby. No, my, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Booby Whitlow. Uh, obviously, uh, ball security was a, an issue. Uh, I think he missed some open holes, and uh, I mean, if you listen to the show consistently, you know my thoughts on Booby Whitlow. I think he needs to step up, but uh, he did not step up this past Saturday. So I, I'll go with Booby Whitlow. 
Um, I would generally agree with that, but since you've already said him, I'll go Caleb Kim. Okay. I think is the center. It's such a tough position to play. The interior generally has struggled, and I, I think that position's so important. Um, so to, to not be too repetitive, I'll go with Caleb Kim. All right. Uh, mine are running backs two through six on the depth chart because obviously Gus hates them. Because sure. Booby Whitlow fumbled three times and stayed in the football game. That's wild to me, and we talked about that a little bit yesterday, Painter. It, I mean, that's kind of that that says something, right? I it made more sense to me in the Oregon game when they got down mm-hmm. two scores and they just were like, we have to feed it to him. But he played so well in the Oregon game. He was second not half. second half. Well, they didn't give him the ball in the second quarter, so I mean, it's like you know, the three quarters he got the ball. And the offensive line did start well. getting more of a push in the second half to his defense. I, but I got why they just went to him 24 times in the Oregon game. It's like, you're proven, and they clearly think he's the yeah. best back. So it's like, fine. But then in the Tulane game, you mentioned the ball security won, and, and then it just didn't seem like they were willing. I didn't think that they had to run him as much. I would have thought Sean Shivers and Cam Martin would have been perfectly capable against a Tulane defense of, of racking up plenty of touches. I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. And, Zach, I think you're a little hard on Booby Whitlow. Um, I agree with you. I think he is uh, – I think he's a good running back. I don't – I'm not going to sit here and be like he's in the same conversation as Trey Mason and Carrion Johnson or even Peyton Barber, guys, you know, that have gone on to play in the NFL. But I, I think he's a uh, – I think he's a, a top half, at least, SEC running back right now. I mean, I'm not – I'm not sure I could name seven running backs in the SEC that are better than he is. I could probably name two. Oh, three. Three? Do you want to name them? Yeah, Kylan Hill at uh, Mississippi State, Keyshawn Vaughn at Vanderbilt, and Najee Harris at Alabama. I would say also at, at Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just think if you put an average SEC starter in Malzahn's offense, they will be good. And, I mean, he's played well, right? I mean, he's got good numbers. Obviously, the three fumbles are not good, but... I, I think that was just a bad night. Yeah. I, I don't think ball security is his issue. I don't either. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he averaged almost four yards a carry last week, and 
Probably something similar this week. See, I feel like I would push back some on, like, Gus Malzahn hasn't really had average running backs. I think the, the best case, I guess, you could make was at least coming out of high school in terms of perception would have been Cameron Petway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and now Booby Whitlow kind of follows that same as being a two-star recruit. But uh, when I think— How about, highly titled was Cap or Barber? I don't remember. Uh, I think Barber was the three-star. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's playing in the NFL. Same with Cap. Um, so, like, I, regardless of their perception, they ended up being NFL running back. So I, I think Booby will get a shot in the league because I, I think his game actually matches the NFL game more as far as being a third down back and being, you know, used out of the backfield in the slot. I, I think he translates better to the NFL than, than, than any other running back on Auburn's roster. I just – I don't think Auburn's had – like, I get your point, the idea of, like, if you are just a capable running back, you should be moderately successful in the offense. And then, like, the best running backs – particularly, say, Carrion Johnson and at least Trey Mason, while it didn't work out for him in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we've seen a lot of average running backs at Auburn. I think they've been pretty exceptional. That, that, that's a good point. That's a fair point. All right, so Auburn uh, picked up a non-conference foe in 2023. Cost a lot of money. Was it one point, yeah, $1.85 million for uh, New Mexico State, the Aggies, to come to Jordan-Hare Stadium? Do you and think that uh, Auburn will be able to eclipse the 55-point line that no Alabama way. had? No. Wow. I mean, No we, faith. I mean, no, and also if Alabama wanted to make it 155, they could have. But also, it's like it's impossible no, to know because not will, will the, any of the players that are on campus right no. now play in that game? No. Will yeah. the coaching staff be there? Well, that's a great question. Not even the the actual score differential, but like the Vegas line was the biggest ever on the Alabama New Mexico State game. I'm surprised they put out a line actually with it being that high. I'm surprised there even was a line. Biggest ever. They didn't cover obviously because fifty two though. I mean they were they got pretty close. Yeah, more or less. I guess they were still wouldn't have covered with another field goal. But all right, but yeah, looking at the non conference lineups now in 2020, Alcorn State, North Carolina. That game's in Atlanta. Southern Miss. In UMass, 2021, Akron, Penn State on the road, Georgia State, Alabama State, 2022, Mercer, Penn State, Western Kentucky, and then in 2023, Cal and New Mexico State. And that Cal game's in Berkeley, 2024, Cal is at home at Jordan-Hare. You get Baylor in 2025 and 2026, with 2026 being the home game. And then UCLA in 2027, that one's in LA in 2028 is UCLA back at home. So, And I'll be at both of those last two games that you named, so if anyone's trying to make travel plans, just pencil me in for those. All right, you think we'll still be doing the podcast in 2027 <laughs> and 2028? I Hope mean, so. the podcast, at that point, is going to be like a television show, probably. That'd be awesome. At, at Catch, worst. Catches every day at you, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I got to start working out harder than yeah, that's for the real. case. Yeah, I definitely got to lose some weight. <laughs> We got ten, we got we have almost a decade though. So <laughs> our diet starts tomorrow. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, cool. I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk. Oh, it's, it's just funny looking that far ahead, and it's like, you know, Jay Jacobs is gone because Clemson's not on there anymore. Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, just beating a dead horse. There. I'm just saying. That dude loved to schedule Clemson. That's all I'm saying. There are some. There are some really good, um, like you know, major Power Five teams in there, obviously. But the like the number two, 
at a conference game, like that second-best team, I think Auburn's done a great job of scheduling those. I mean, this year with Tulane, Tulane's going to be a good team. I think that was luck this year. Well, yeah, I mean, they're all kind of luck. You're right. Let's be honest, because you schedule them so far in advance. But who is the one you said for next year? For 2020? Yeah. We have it's, uh, oh, North Carolina and Southern Miss and yes, UMass Southern and Miss, Alcorn State. Southern Miss and UMass are both good opponents. Right, I mean Southern Miss always. What about North Carolina? Under Mac Brown, I mean we don't. They're two and zero, so yeah. shout out to them. But Alcorn State, your thoughts? Uh, Alcorn State garbage, and I might also Alcorn not a state. Really? Mm-hmm. Despite Painter, the name Alcorn you, State, can you look that up and confirm for us? Googled correct. <laughs> also, speaking of beating dead horses, Trey Mason was a four star. Okay. I just bumped the mic. I'm sorry, folks. That's rude. Cameron Artis Payne is a four or was a four star. Peyton Barber was a three star. And so was uh, Cameron Petway, although he was first at his position in the state of Alabama and the 11th ranked person. Uh, so How far back does that go? Do you have Ben Tate up there? Uh, I think he was fairly highly recruited. I, I want to say he was a four star, but let me check since I'm just throwing things out that I don't actually know. Cool. We love that. And then, but. It's just there's so many in there, though, that, that it also didn't work, which is fascinating to me. Like Rock being a five-star. Mm-hmm. Asa Martin, I think, was a four-star. Yeah, Tate was highly recruited. Yeah, was... but Asa Martin's now about to be on his third team in two years. Yeah. So. Man, he looks young in this picture. Four-star, um, nationally ranked the 44th best player ben in Tate? his class. Yeah. Sweet. Michael Dyer. Yeah, he was good. While he was here, he was excellent. Right. As far as run, yeah, I mean, obviously Auburn's done a great job of recruiting running backs. I totally hijacked that we were talking about schedules. My apologies. No, no, no it was a terrible yeah. conversation. You saved it. Yeah, no, this is good. Peter, I mean, I feel like I was making a decent point there, but I think you were killing him. Zach just didn't care, so then he started talking about Alcorn State, which isn't a state. It's not a state, despite the name. Where can people find you in here, you painter? Check me out, eleven to one on the lunch break at ESPN one hundred six seven, and of course on Twitter at Paint Sharpless. Uh, you can check me out today on the lunch break from 11 to 1, live on ESPN 106.7. And follow me on Twitter at CatchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.